Thank you, Laura. All right, it is 6.30 and we're gonna get started. Uh, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and my partner in crime is uh, Dr. Tim Adair, who uh, I believe, but I'm nowhere near alone and he does not like me to say this, okay? You guys need to know that. Dr. Adair does not like me saying this, all right? I believe he is the top, the number one practicing chiropractor in the world. And I've got very good evidence for that. And many other people agree with me, including other chiropractors and other professionals, all right? And we are doing this to try to help you get out of pain as fast as possible and as economically as possible, okay? And that, and that means it doesn't matter to us that much, whether the pain is physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, chemical, all of the above. We want to help you get out of pain fast. And here's the problem, okay? Uh, my, my area is psychology and counseling and therapy, all right? So I'm limited uh, when it comes to health if someone is having physical pain because physical pain is not my thing. Now, chemical, I do a little bit, but that's really not my area either. Mental and emotional is my area, all right? Uh, so if I wanna address all three sides of the health triangle, and we've shown that many, many times, I, I'm not gonna show it tonight just, just for the sake of simplicity and time, but that triangle is structural, chemical, emotional, all right? You need all three and you can have pain in any of those three areas or two of them or three of them. And that's that's normally how it goes. If you've got physical pain, emotional pain is coming. If you've got emotional pain, physical pain is coming, okay? Um, so tonight we're focused on depression. And since that's maybe a little bit more my area than Dr. Adair's, um, I'm going to kind of back clean up. He's going to start first tonight and tell you from his perspective issues about depression. And I would bet money he's going to share some things that you've never heard, that you don't know but need to, okay? And here's why. Before COVID, depression was about, oh, 7 to 10% depending on which study you read of the population, about seven to 10% of the population struggled with depression, okay? Today, after COVID, the, the, the World Health Organization, the United Nations, um, so many uh, of the top organizations in the world have come out during and since COVID and told us that mental and emotional health has now skyrocketed to the point that it is an epidemic that's affecting like up to 40, 50% of the population. I mean, we've never seen an issue skyrocket like that unless you consider COVID and, and you know, getting a virus like skyrocketing, okay, maybe, you know, that's true, or the flu's really bad this year or something. But as far as what we call a disease 
and depression is called a disease, all right? We've never seen anything like that increase in that short a period of time. And it does not look like it's going away anytime soon. And if you watch TV very much, what you have probably noticed because, and you would notice it because one of the things that would go through your head is, I don't ever remember seeing anything like that on TV before. And, and what you've been seeing are major organizations like the National Football League, the, uh, the NBA, the National Basketball Association, the NHL, the National Hockey League, the PGA, the professional golfers, the ATP, uh, the Association of Tennis Professionals, and many, uh, th those are all sports, but all kinds of other organizations that are name brands have done the same thing. They are not only talking about mental and emotional health, they are starting initiatives within those organizations that they've never even thought about doing before. Why have they done that? Because this has become an epidemic, all right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk maybe a little bit longer tonight because this is sort of my area, but let me right now uh, throw it to Dr. Adair to share with you from his perspective what you need to know about depression. So, Dr. Adair, ball's yours. Dr. Ellis, thank you, man. And, and hey, guys, I, I want to kind of talk about the everyman version of depression, and then uh, I'm going to punt to Dr. Alex because this is really is his area of expertise. Well, I, I'm sorry. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me ask you to start somewhere, Tim. Okay. Right? And here's where I'd like you to start. Yes, okay? because I think this is this is really important. And I think when I share this, these numbers, people might get a sense of how important this is. Dr. Adair typically sees a patient about once a month. All right. Almost every other chiropractor on the planet, at least everyone I've ever seen, they tend to see the, their chiropractor once a week to three times a week, all right? And, and an underlying, another number that's it's kind of an indirect result of that is most chiropractors compared to Dr. Tim have about a third of his client base. Why? They can't take any more than that because they have to see him three times a week. All right. So can you start there, Tim? Yeah, yes, sir. And, and so it's really the process that we use, Alex. And let me let me kind of go back and give a little little background. So uh, I'm going to use uh, a, a scenario that actually you you uh, you saw evolve in front of your eyes. So for the you, uh, you guys who are new tonight, uh, welcome to our, our gut pain podcast. So, you know, Dr. Alex and I, when we were young whippersnappers, Many, 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 let's add a few minis maybe years ago, we practiced in the same clinic, what, 25 years ago, Alex? Yeah. And one horrible day, yours truly ended up having a terrible migraine and I, to the point where I was uh, vomiting and very nauseous, had some visual issues. And uh, Alex, after he got through treating his patients and I was in the floor after I got through treating mine, do you remember driving me home? I do. I yeah. do. A long time ago, but I do. Long you, time you ago. Totally so that was, uh, it, 
Yeah, that was my bachelor pad. So that's how long ago that was. But so Dr. Alex was being very kind, took me home and, uh, and I was a mess. I just barely was a functioning human being. And back in those days, I had a real severe issue with migraine headaches. And so one of the things I will tell you is uh, I became a migraine doctor and I had people from three states today that was able to help with migraine headaches. And first thing I'll tell you that I want you guys to hear me is whatever you're struggling with, uh, whatever pain it is, whether it's headaches or back pain or whatever, that's leading you to depression. If you hurt long enough, you'll have some, you'll have some mood effect. And I was a team doctor for pro wrestling for 14 years. And these guys get thrown through tables and get hit on concrete. They get concussions. There's a massive amount of depression that goes secondary to concussions and uh, traumatic brain injury. But whatever pain you're dealing with at the time, it's hard to see this, but I get to help people as one of the greatest privileges of my life yeah. with a condition that caused me probably the biggest amount of depression in my life when it, Alex, it's hard to be happy when you're in the middle of a 12 or 15 hour vomiting episode and you lose your vision and you lose your balance and you, it is misery at an unbelievable level. So I just tell you guys, whatever you're struggling with might have a purpose and it might not be real obvious at all right now. And that's okay. But so when you're going through that, think about the possibilities of, and then Alex, I want to comment on what you said about the statistics of how we see patients. What I do in my office is I take people almost every day to a chart and I don't take them to the chart because I don't know what the chart says and I'm trying to sneak a peek so I can figure out what the heck to do with this person. I take them to the chart because I say, okay, here is what's causing your problem. Here is what that goes to. So I will tell you every pain syndrome in the body that, that typically produces secondary depression, every pain syndrome is from some pinched nerve. And that pinched nerve is usually pinched by a muscle and that muscle goes to an organ or gland. So I, you don't need me to watch you take your supplement. In, in my case with headaches, the next stuff that causes migraines typically goes with the stomach. If you guys will go back in our archive library of podcasts, we did a whole thing. I think Alex titled it, Got Heartburn. And for all the headache people who are having depression, those pain syndromes, from pain, fix your stomach, you fix your stomach, every therapy you do in your neck, whether it's traction, massage, chiropractic, kinesiology, acupuncture, every single therapy gets better if you fix the coordinating muscle. So we're gonna to try to build a library of podcasts where you guys will have information so you go, oh, this goes with that, and that goes with that, and that goes with that. So in my case, I, I, I struggled mightily once upon a time with headaches. So I will tell you when you're in, uh, I had 25 migraines one time in 32 days. And I have to tell you, if I'm being honest, it, the, the, the duration of each of them was about 12 to 15 hours. And the worst ones would leave me unable to see the, the really was there no, there was no middle of the road. Some of them would affect my balance. Sometimes I couldn't walk down the hallway. I had to crawl to go throw up and then spend eight or nine hours on the tile floor. And so the day that Alex took me home, I was in that kind of shape uh, 25 years ago. Now, that being said, I rarely have one of those now because the process is it's a neck issue for me. And I realize now that um, I, I have to fix my stomach to fix my neck. So I haven't given up and rolled over and let that thing freight train me 
and I'm not depressed because I deal with that situation because I have a method to deal with that situation. So I would tell you guys out there, if you have a physical condition, primarily that's causing you to secondarily have uh, some depressive issue because you think you can't beat, you can't beat it. I'm going to tell you almost nothing can't be beat. And so we might have to do a nutrition. We might have to do acupuncture. We might have to do kinesiology. We might have to do all three at the same time. We might have to do emotional therapy. But if you gang up on a problem and you fix it four or five ways, there is almost nothing that can't be fixed. And so what I would tell you is at the end of the day, there is hope and hope is what you look at and look down the road to see on your way to fixing depression. Hope is the first step. Now, Alex, if I can tell a couple of things here um, uh, that uh, might, from my little brief perspective here, give people some some curative uh, things for depression. I use my situation with headaches because it's a stomach meridian problem and the stomach and the gut is huge with this. A lot of pharmacology, uh, allopathic practitioners who write prescriptions for depression will give what they call SSRI drugs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Serotonin is the neurotransmitter that is often uh, modulated to help in depression cases. Is that true, Dr. Alex? Yeah, absolutely. So in your body, serotonin is made from your gut. If your gut is a mess, how in the world are you ever going to beat uh, depression the right way? And the answer is probably not. So if you go back in our archive group of Got Pain podcast, we have a gut video. We have a stomach video. We're giving you the, the tools in your toolbox to start to build your steps. And you've got some, you've got some resources there. You've got hope in about two different podcasts to, to, to work on this. So let me give you my little tidbit. Most people build their serotonin levels out of tryptophan. So tryptophan is that stuff that seems to be famous. Turkey seems to be famous for giving us tryptophan. It's, it's probably more in beef and it's probably in uh, uh, eggs and oatmeal and uh, 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 a little bit in, in uh, chicken, but those are all sources of tryptophan. But if you can't digest and break down your tryptophan because you've got heartburn or you're on acid blockers, your tryptophan levels will be very low. You use tryptophan to make melatonin. That's why it makes you sleepy. And you would stay asleep the rest of your days and go into a diabetic coma if your liver did not bioconvert the melatonin to serotonin. And serotonin is the chemical correction for depression. Okay, so now you've got a podcast that you can fix your stomach acid, you can fix your gut, you can buy you some turkey at the grocery store, you can start to build the building blocks and the pathways to help yourself with your gut health that gives you gives you the serotonin. And I would say this, in addition to pain, we we see lots of people and their energy levels are so depleted because they're fighting a dragon every single day and they're exhausted. They're exhausted with chronic headaches. They're exhausted with sciatic pain. They're exhausted with fibromyalgia. They're so beat up from pain and they're so tired of fighting that uh, they, they're depressed secondarily because they're primarily uh, affected by fatigue and pain. So we're looking at those steps to help you with pain. But when we talk about 
exhaustion, we're really talking about adrenal fatigue. So in our archive group of podcasts, there is a whole nother tool for you to build your uh, levels of energy up for you to get out of pain. And we increase your energy and we decrease your pain and we don't have pain anymore and we don't have fatigue anymore. Are we depressed? And I would say, no, you're not if your depression is secondary. And, and that's really what I tend to help with is probably secondary uh, depression due to issues like that. Now, Alex is the expert on mental health here, and he knows that there's another type of depression and that type of depression is primary. And that is not my area of expertise. So I'm kind of the wingman tonight and I'm just kind of adding to the secondary stuff. But I would tell you guys, there is tools in your toolbox. And until you get to employ those tools and get the job done, I want you to focus on the fact that you have hope and almost nothing can't be fixed. And so, Alex, I'm going to end with the message of hope and I'm going to leave it there and let you take over. All right. Thanks so much, Tim. And uh, great, great information. Um, the first thing I want to say is if you're under the impression that depression is only emotional pain, you could not be more wrong. Depression is emotional pain, it's spiritual pain, it's physical pain. And I'm gonna explain that in a minute, okay? All right, here's where I wanna start. Um, I am not against mainstream medicine. And you need to know that because I'm about to share a bombshell with you, okay? I'm not against mainstream medicine. Uh, Dr. Tim knows because he diagnosed it that uh, late last week, I was lifting something really heavy uh, in a, and I was lifting it in a bent over way, not using my uh, legs like I was supposed to. And I popped a hernia, all right? And uh, I went to the doctor, uh, my, my medical doctor today, he confirmed that. And next Thursday, I'm gonna have that surgically repaired. All right, so I may or may not be here next week, but I really wanna be here because next week our special guest is Dr. Jordan Rubin, who uh, is the author of The Maker's Diet, uh, founded Garden of Life Nutritional, which is a top five nutritional company today, and also founded with Dr. Josh Axe, Ancient Nutrition, which is also a top five nutritional company. So two of the top five nutritional companies in the world, he has founded. And let me tell you, that's not an accident. This guy is a genius at formulating nutrition that, that I believe Tim will, will attest to that because he's had conversations with him, all right? But I wanted you to know that, that I'm, I'm not against mainstream medicine. Dr. Ben Johnson was the co-author of my first book. He was a medical doctor, mm -hmm. all right? And, and, and he believed that there was a place for both, you know? And uh, one thing that I've said a lot of times, and, and I still believe it today, if I walk outside and get hit by a car, don't do the healing codes on me. Take me to the emergency room, okay? That, I mean, there's, there's, there's a time and a place and there's, you know, both have their things that they're good at. I'm very grateful for mainstream medicine, not all of it. Alex, that being said, I would bet money I could take a stopwatch in a calendar and I would like to find the guy in the uh, operatory next to you who's having the hernia repair 30 minutes before yours. 
Yeah. And I bet you, you heal faster than he does. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I had hip replacement surgery because I was born uh, with a birth defect, eggs in sockets instead of balls in sockets. Sure. And, and the day of the surgery, I was walking. Uh, the day after the surgery, I was walking without a limp and without a cane. And when you have hip replacement surgery, some of you know this, some of you probably don't, uh, usually what comes with hip replacement surgery today is in-home uh, rehabilitation. They come to your house a lot of times, and they did to mine, to walk you around and stretch and make sure everything's okay and stuff like that, okay? Well, um, after like four days, the, the, the uh, certified trained health professional, the, the PT person that was coming to my house to help me rehabilitate, at, when they were about to leave, they said, okay, Dr. Lloyd, I've got a really big problem. And I said, what? And, and, and he said, well, I'm supposed to keep coming to your house for the next three and a half weeks, <laughs> but you have already passed every benchmark. And he said, this day, today, hip replacement surgeons and physical therapists who work with hip replacement surgeons all over the United States have been talking about your case because you have uh, passed these markers faster than anyone in the history of hip replacement. That's a true story. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's because I worked on myself doing the codes for weeks before the surgery so that that would happen, okay? So anyway, I didn't mean to get off on that. So but, brother, but that's a good, that's a good scenario that you had tools and you're using your tools. And so before you were fixed, you had hope. Yeah. That, yeah. Hope again. You're, I know. You, and, and I'm going to get to hope, but, but let me share this first. Okay. And, and I think this is why this is so important tonight. All right. And, and nine out of 10 people I talk to, no, no, no. 99 out of 100 people I talked to do not know what I'm about to tell you. In 2012, Dr. Irving Kirsch, a medical doctor at Harvard Medical School, went on 60 Minutes. It was a special edition of 60 Minutes. And those of us in health knew something big was coming, but we didn't know what it was. All right. So I'm watching it in Nashville, Tennessee at six o'clock on Sunday night. I'm watching it, all right? And here's what happened. Dr. Irving Kirsch comes out on 60 Minutes, the number one news program in the world for the last 50 years. He's being interviewed by Leslie Stahl. And you can still find this interview online easily because it became this huge uproar in mainstream medicine. Because here's what Dr. Irving Kirsch led with, Leslie antidepressants don't work. Mm. Can you believe that? It, it sure looked like Leslie Stahl couldn't believe it, although yeah, right. she had to know what was coming. But I mean, she's sitting there like, what? Okay. Now maybe she was acting. I don't know. 
Ch but, chances are she had taken one and she just had that realization herself. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Anyway, and, and, and that's the first thing he said. The second thing he said is, Leslie, it's even worse than that. The, the medications and drugs for all these other health issues, and he started naming them off, they don't work either. Wow. A medical doctor from Harvard Medical School saying this. This isn't some alternative Turkey with no credentials, you know, on uh, uh, broadcasting out of his garage. This is the number one news show in the world and a medical doctor from Harvard Medical School saying this. Okay. So anyway, he, he shares why he said that. He said, Leslie, you may or may not know, but when the FDA approves a drug, they receive trials from the pharmaceutical company that is trying to produce that drug and trying to get it approved by the FDA. He said, what a lot of people doesn't know, don't know, at least at that time, is that they don't have to submit all of the trials. To some extent, they can pick and choose which trial to send in, which trial not to send in. Which trials? Just, you know, common sense. Do you think maybe they don't send in with, with uh, you know, they're, they're a for-profit business and their job is to make their stockholders happy, okay? The ones they tend to not send in are the ones that say it doesn't work. So what Dr. Kirsch did over a period of years is go to those pharmaceutical companies in himself and analyze the studies that they sent in, but also the studies they did not send in. And the conclusion is that antidepressants and a number of other drugs don't work. At the end of the interview, Leslie Stahl says, okay, okay, you've convinced me or something like that. But she said, Dr. Kirsch, what do we do? Because we've right. got people all over the world suffering from these things. Ladies and gentlemen, when I heard the answer to that question, I literally fell out of my chair. I could, I still today can't believe he said it, even if he believes it. Here's what he said. Leslie, we need to start prescribing placebos. He said, they're cheap, they have no side effects, and in these particular cases, they work as well or better than the pharmaceutical drugs. Ladies and gentlemen, a placebo is a sugar pill. It has no medicinal value at all. And what I want, yes, and what I wanted to, to when I heard that and got up off the floor after I'd fallen down, literally, I'm not talking metaphorically, what I would have loved to do is go to the top of Mount Everest with the world's largest megaphone and say, we've got a whole lot better solution than placebo, okay? We do, all right? And 20 double-blind studies and three comparison studies prove that because that's what it's called in the scientific mainstream world 
when you've got 20 double blind studies all saying the same thing, they call it proof. And, they, and not just for our stuff, that's for every drug, every surgery, they call it proof. Okay. I am here today because of depression. Okay. I married the most wonderful woman in the world, in my opinion, and her name was Tracy. All right. And Dr. Adair knew her as Tracy. All right. Well, I was on a TV set in Boston doing a TV thing. And so my cell phone was off. And when I got off of the set, I checked my cell phone and there was a message uh, from my wife saying to call her. And I knew what it was about. That morning, she was going before a judge in Nashville, Tennessee to tell them she wasn't trying to get away from the IRS by changing her name and she was changing her name to Hope. Her reason for that is that for the first 12 years of our marriage, when she was severely clinically depressed, the main thing that she took away from that is that she had felt hopeless. And so when her depression was gone and she felt she felt, is this what normal is? I mean, I've never felt like this. She changed her name to Hope. Mm -hmm. And in one way, Tim, Hope is what we're here for. We're, mm -hmm. we're here to give people hope for their pain, whether it's emotional, physical, chemical, spiritual, mental, regardless. Okay? That's what we're here for. Alex, can I say something about that? I hear doctors say that sometimes, and, and I know you're not in this group, so I'm not talking about you at all. You know, you know the level of confidence I have in what you do, but they'll say that, and they'll say that because they don't have techniques or tools or processes or procedures or whatever. We're not telling you that because we're like, all you got to do is have, what we're telling you is, is we, we want you to start there, but don't stop there. Matter of fact, never stop, never, ever stop use the tools that, that we're sharing with you and but start there and, and, and then follow the path. And I'll get back to that, but I didn't want people to think, okay, we're done now. You're not done. You're just starting. Yeah. And let me be very, really clear. I'm not telling you not to take antidepressants or quit taking your antidepressants. Some people have benefit from those. I wouldn't say don't do that. Go ahead and try it. But if you do, I would have the attitude, even when you start on them, that this is a bridge to get mm -hmm. to the other side mm -hmm. that you're going to burn once you do get to the other side and you aren't depressed anymore. And we have had hundreds, if not thousands of people in 23 years do that. Okay. And, and I would love for you to be next. All right. So let's get to depression. Everyone knows, everyone has heard this. Depression comes from a chemical imbalance in your brain. Your brain chemicals are out of balance. That is 100% true. And Hope's, and Hope's brain chemicals were out of balance. But here's the question. Why are they out of balance? <laughs> what caused them? You, you know, 
I've never heard a medical doctor answer that question. And, and I think, except for Dr. Ben Johnson. And I think the reason is just what Tim said, they don't have an answer. They don't have an answer for, for where, they, where the imbalance came from. They only have, well, yeah, that's what we can measure. There's a chemical imbalance. And with that chemical imbalance, you're gonna be depressed, all so right? Alex, now, now we're seeing more and more doctors though who are looking at the gut and looking right. at like certainly with uh, all the concussion stuff in the NFL and brain injuries. So we're starting to see some, why, why do I have an imbalance answers more than we used to? Right, right. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine, Professor William Tiller, I, I, tragically, uh, he passed away recently at like 90 years old. But for years, he was the head of the physics department at Stanford University, all right? And Stanford and Harvard go back and forth as who's the number one academic university in the United States. So this guy's pretty up there, the head of the physics department at Stanford. He's quoted all over the place, has written like hundreds of published articles. Uh, I, I, I visited with him in his lab. He tested the healing codes in his lab at Stanford and then endorsed them and say and said, this is the best thing I've ever seen for healing these issues, okay? But Dr. Tiller's point is that energy is where depression comes from. It comes from toxic energy in the body. Where does that toxic energy come from? I'm a, let me tell you where it comes from. Depression comes from typically from a trauma, an unresolved trauma in your past. If it's, if it's not genetic, and even if it is genetic, sometimes those even, it, it, here, here's, here's an interesting thing, okay? If I were to ask you, if I were to open up the, the lines, just, just open the lines to everyone who's here, and said, and I've done this hundreds of times as I've lectured and done workshops. Raise your hand if you have cancer. Raise your hand if you have diabetes. Raise your hand if you have depression. Raise your hand, if, you know, you get the idea. Well, would you raise your hand or would you not? Okay, what would I have to name for you to raise your hand? Well, here's the truth. If you didn't raise your hand every single time, you'd be wrong. Everyone has the genes for cancer. Mm -hmm. Everyone has the genes for depression. Everyone has the genes for diabetes. You don't get it, you've got it. It's a matter of will it ever become active? Will it ever unmask and become active? And according to Dr. Bruce Lipton, who was also, uh, at Stanford Medical School, except he's a cellular biologist from Stanford Medical School, the only way it can unmask is stress. The only way, not 99%, 100%, according to Dr. Bruce Lipton. And you can read that in his wonderful best-selling book, The Biology of Belief, all right? Best-selling author, uh, out on the lecture tour for years now, a uh, wonderful man. He's a friend of mine. I've done joint programs with him. Um, the, on, the only way, he says, you can get depressed 
is if you are under enough stress for long enough that those cells close. Every cell you have is either open or closed at any given time. An open cell cooperates. An open cell does its job. An open cell uh, reproduces. An open cell uh, communicates. An open cell does all kinds of wonderful stuff. A closed cell doesn't do any of that. It doesn't take in oxygen. It doesn't take in nutrition. It can't get rid of its waste. And, and over time, if the stress doesn't let up, the odds skyrocket that that cell will unmask a disease gene. That may be cancer, it may be depression, it may be diabetes, but according to Dr. Lipton and many others now, that is the only way you can get depressed, all right? Well, what causes the stress? Oh, that's life circumstances, that's, you know, uh, 50 years ago, the stress tests were life circumstances. How many times have you moved in the last 10 years? Have you had anybody close to you die recently? Um, you know, things like that. But today we know it's not the external circumstances. It comes from an internal signal from your memories. It comes from an internal signal from your memories to the hypothalamus in the brain. And when the hypothalamus picks up that stress signal from your memories, not from your circumstances, it flips the stress switch. And if that stress doesn't let up, and, and that period of time is different for everyone, if that stress doesn't let up soon enough, the, the odds are you're going to have a disease gene unmasked and you're going to have a health problem that you never would have had any other way. And here's the magic. Also, according to Dr. Lipton and, and Dr. Tiller and many others, if you have depression, if you have cancer, if you have diabetes and you can eliminate the stress, there is a good chance, some would say a, a very high chance that that gene will remask. And uh, according to Dr. Lipton, the disease will always get better. And many times it will go away completely. All right. Stress is the key. So where does the internal stress come from? Well, it comes from your memories. Well, what kind of memories? Basically, it's stress memories where that memory has never been resolved. Something between your parents that, that made you angry or that knocked your self-esteem, something with your siblings, something with the kids on the playground in kindergarten. Uh, I mean, it, it's endless, the possibilities, but there's a memory that has not been resolved that has fear or anger or low self-worth or some emotion that's stressful. And if it's and if and if that is not resolved, that will shoot that signal to your hypothalamus. And all of a sudden you're in stress and you're in danger 
of a disease or illness that you never would have had any other way. So what is the, if you're taking uh, antidepressant, fine, that's fine. If you're taking uh, natural things to try to combat depression, if you're seeing Dr. Tim and he's working on your gut and other things to heal that side of depression, man, that's fantastic. Keep doing it. All right. But if you want the magic bullet, you need to eliminate your stress. You need to dump your stress barrel internally, all right? Well, how do I do that, Alex? I mean, I can't even remember some of those memories. You don't have to. You need a way that will automatically find the memories that are causing the stress and neutralize that stress signal. And that may sound like science fiction or Star Trek or something. It is not. It is absolutely real and you can have it today. Okay. So that's where stress comes from. All right. So you resolve the memory, you resolve the depression. If you resolve the stress, you resolve the depression. If you resolve the internal issue, you, you, very often can resolve the depression. Um, okay, Hope, Hope, I'll never forget this. We visited the third medical doctor about eight months into our marriage. We got married in 1986, 38 years ago. About eight months into marriage, we got married believing our life was gonna be happily ever after, like I guess everybody does. Eight months later, we knew something was horribly wrong, okay? I mean, it was obvious to anybody. After visiting the third doctor, we found out what it was. And I'll never forget what he said, Tim. He said, this is the big bad bear of depression. It's major general depression. It's genetic. I'm sorry to tell you, Tracy, at that time that was her name, you will have it till the day you die. There is no cure. But the good news, and then he smiled, we can manage it with medications and you can still have a great life. All right. Well, you know what? That's way before I went back to graduate school to become a psychologist. I didn't know anything about this stuff then. All right. So managing with medication sounded good to me. All right. Well, we did that for three years. I don't know how many different meds she tried. A few of them helped a little bit, but her side effects were worse than the benefit. So we knew after three years that was not gonna work. So that's when we started a search all over the world. And I traveled all over the world looking for anyone who had some new thing for depression. Well, I didn't find it. Okay, I met a lot of great people, found a lot of good stuff, but Hope was still depressed until I discovered the healing codes in 2001. And that's, that's what knocked her depression out, all right? But, but here's what I want to tell you. Hope's depression, yes, she had a suppressed immune system from stress or she never could have gotten the depression. But the depression suppressed her immune system 10 times more than it was before. And 
three after three years of her immune system being so depressed, she developed autoimmune disorders. Dr. Tim Adair, does autoimmune have physical pain? Oh gosh, uh, it does and it's progressive. So if you get an autoimmune problem, typically in a few years, you get another one and another one. Yes, absolutely. And that's what would have happened with her if we had not been able to resolve that depression. So let me show you a couple of, uh, a couple of exhibits and then we'll go to Q&A and, and, and try to end on time. Laura, if you could put up my, my one exhibit, I would appreciate it. All right. Um, major depression, and this is from the Mayo Clinic, all right? I wanted you to see where this was, where I was getting this information. What is their therapy for clinical depression? Cognitive behavioral therapy is number one, all right? Please remember that for about five minutes, okay? Natural treatments for depression, and they list SSRIs, antidepressants, et cetera. Of course, that's the mainstream thing. It's automatic. You come in with depression, that's what you get. What are the natural treatments for depression? Well, I like the healing codes. And, and by the way, there's not only been 20 double-blind studies, and one of those addressing depression, saying it works significantly to dramatically, but the, there have been two comparison studies on my interventions, comparing it to guess what? The number one from the Mayo Clinic, cognitive behavioral therapy. What did the, what did the clinical double-blind studies find? That my interventions work better than that. For a fraction of the cost, a fraction of the time, and you can do it on yourself at home in your pajamas. Okay, let's go to another one. For 30 years, one of the top natural therapies in the world has been hemp, all right? And, so, and some of that has been without the public really knowing about it very much, but today, obviously, they do in the form of CBD. And CBD is not marijuana. It has no THC, no, you know, no active ingredient that makes you high like marijuana, it's not even the same plant. It's a sister plant called hemp, where marijuana is cannabis, not hemp, all right? So hemp has been found to help depression. So uh, Larf, you can scroll up a little bit. Ashwagandha, which we introduced uh, several shows ago, and uh, you can read it for yourself right there. Is known for its mood lifting effects. Scientific research supports its potential to treat clinical depression, de depressive disorders. Studies show that its effects are comparable to common prescription antidepressants that is from WebMD, all right? All right, uh, what is the best natural antidepressants if you're not using the healing codes and you're not using CBD because we want to look at all angles. Well, SAMe is a popular one. Most people have heard of St. John's wort, omega-3 fatty acids, lavender, 5-HTP, DHEA. And I would add that was, that was from, uh, I don't remember which uh, medical, that was from medical news today. But I also would add 
uh, Boswella, sometimes called Indian frankincense, one of the best things you'll ever find naturally for pain. Magnolia bark extract, which is also great for anxiety. But listen, folks, everyone who has depression, 100%, also have anxiety. Now, not everyone who has anxiety is depressed. That's probably 60, 70%. But everyone who's depressed also has anxiety. Magnolia bark extract is terrific for anxiety along with ashwagandha. And then saffron is also really good for mood issues, including depression. Uh, scroll, uh, please. Uh, yeah, Lars, before you, uh, yeah. Lars, go back just for a second, sweetheart. And let me yeah. let me try to earn my keep here a little bit, Alex. I, I, a yeah. couple comments. We go talked ahead. about uh, uh, earlier tonight, we talked about tryptophan. So number five there under his best natural antidepressant, 5-HTP, the T is tryptophan, 5-hydroxy tryptophan. So that's your, that's your turkey pills, so to speak. Sammy, I would say if you've had, if you work around a lot of chemicals or toxicity, uh, Sammy and St. John's Ward are fantastic. If you feel like you're toxic uh, or you've been exposed to whatever, like chemo regimens or uh, once that's all over and you're allowed to take these things, uh, or, you know, if you're working in a, in a place where you're exposed, uh, omega-3 fatty acids, fatty acids are uh, neuroprotective of the brain and spinal cord. We mega dose these, Alex, with people have depression secondary to concussion. So if we have car wrecks, football players, pro wrestlers, fighters, karate guys, uh, or we have people who have uh, domestic abuse or whatever, if we have a head injury, we pound omega fatty acids. Uh, lavender, uh, great for uh, when we have associated anxiety. Uh, DHEA is dehydroepiandosterone. That's fantastic when you're exhausted. And if you do that, you should do that early, early, early in the morning. Boswellia are great for secondary depression if you have physical pain. And, th and then I don't actually know much about the bottom two there. But Alex, there's a huge one that we've already done a podcast on. In Got Pain, we did a series on anxiety, and we talked about a product called Ceratrax that has L-theanine in it, which is fantastic for anxiety. So if it's anxiety uh, uh, and up in your uh, Mayo Clinic thing, it mentioned anxiolytics. Anxiolytics include the natural theanine. And then, uh, and then I would say that if it's anxiety produced, you know, Q-bands and quantum uh, therapy are also good. But I wanted to kind of add to that list and tell people, hey, yeah, this is them. Sammy St. John, toxicity, omega-3, head injury, lavender anxiety, tryptophan would be associated with insomnia, DHEA with uh, exhaustion, Boswellia, secondary to physical pain, and then what Dr. Alex said on number eight, number nine there. But anyway, brother, we're just trying to do a little traffic directing and help people pick the best one for them. Yeah, that is fantastic. Thank you, Tim. And 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 I want to tell you this before we scroll down. We're not introducing new any new products tonight. And we're not and and I know we've introduced a bunch so far. That's not we're not going to do that all the time. We want this to be largely informational as well. It's got to have tools. Yes, right. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah that's right. But yeah. I am going to remind you right now of a few we've already introduced that are fantastic for depression, as well as the other things we've talked about that they're good for. So Laura, if you can scroll down. 
Uh, this is my this is my CBD. I believe it's the best in the world. It's water soluble. Almost none of them are water soluble. That makes it about 10 times more effective by itself. It's also nanotechnology, which also makes it about 10 times more effective. So with compared to most CBDs, you'd have to take about 20 bottles to equal one of these. All right. Uh, but but any high grade CBD will work for this. All right, go ahead, Laura, scroll up, please. Uh, ashwagandha, we've talked about that and you saw that earlier tonight. That it's one of the best things in the world for mood issues, including anxiety. And we introduced that and I believe uh, the Ancient Nutrition, and again, we're gonna have uh, one of the two owners of Ancient Nutrition next week, Dr. Jordan Rubin, but this is a fabulous, pure, high quality ashwagandha, all of them aren't. And then go on, uh, Laura, please. And then the healing codes, which is, uh, you know, what healed Hope's depression. And the reason I'm here and uh, Trilogy would also uh, be great for that as well, or you could use them both together. So that's it for me. Uh, Laura, if you want to take that down and let's see if we've got any questions or, and, um, Okay, uh, Veronica, Tim, I believe this is for you. Okay. Um, I have a friend that lives in Tennessee and needs a chiropractor. Do you have a list of recommended doctors? Yeah, I do. One, it's the guy on your screen. And, but, but let me tell you this, uh, and, and I'm serious about this. I would not see, I would not have your friend, if they really are a friend that you care about, see anyone else. And here's what I would say. You, they need to call his office immediately because they may have to get on a waiting list unless he has a cancellation or something. Um, but even if they end up seeing another chiropractor for let's say six months or something, they need to see Dr. Tim the initial time because he 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 will look everything over. And and okay, I'm. I'm not wanting to talk ill of any chiropractor, all right? I love chiropractors. I built, I started my, my whole practice through chiropractors. But in my experience, ladies and gentlemen, most chiropractors spend a very few minutes with you until they're on to the next patient. In fact, I don't know how many chiropractors I've had tell me confidentially, I would love to do kind of what Dr. Tim does, but I don't know how he does it. I don't know how, if I did that, I think I would go bankrupt because I, I wouldn't be able to see enough patients because I'd be spending too much time with each patient because he looks over everything when you come in related to what could be causing your pain. They don't all do that. So even if they're gonna see another chiropractor, whether in Nashville or, or Cincinnati or Los Angeles or New York or wherever, you need to come to Tennessee to get this guy to look over you at least once so that you know what's going on completely. And then maybe you could go to somebody else, but Please see. Hey, him. Alex, thank you for that. But let me make that a little more workable. And so, so sometimes what I'll do with, uh, I have a lot of patients from uh, 
I had one I did a Zoom call with last night from Florida, or we actually just did a FaceTime. But but uh, so he can't come up to see me every single time he needs something. But uh, we've had a few in-person sessions. And so I found his nutrition. I found his acupuncture. I found his kinesiological correlation with the muscle. And then we found his spinal segments. So I give it all to him on a index card. And so he has to, in Florida, go to a massage therapist. He takes his nutrition that I've got him on. He goes to a chiropractor and gets adjusted. And, uh, and then he can work the system. So we kind of give the recipe sometimes to the local cook. And, and sometimes you have to have a few cooks in the kitchen because maybe the chiropractor in whatever city might just do the spinal thing. You might have to go to the city the other way to find an acupuncturist. We do the nutrition from afar. And then we sometimes teach them how to do the kinesiology themselves. So when you attack a problem with four or five different perspectives, then you beat the problem. And so uh, we usually can at least give you that protocol uh, in a few sessions. And then to be completely transparent, sometimes I'll have to repeat that process, not 17 times or 45, but five or six. And maybe I only get the opportunity to work with the patient once or twice, but I can give them the protocol and they can work that protocol uh, with their resources 15 states away or whatever. All right. Uh, Mike, thanks, Tim. Mike says, hey, uh, how about on a future call, uh, talk about uh, short-term memory, brain fog, et cetera. Mike, great suggestion. We will absolutely do that. Okay. Uh, Kevin, uh, Tim, what's your opinion here? Kevin says, can my daughter who is eight years old take any of the super pack? And if not, what's good, what's a good age for children in your opinion? Okay. Super pack meaning ashwagandha, super, super greens and collagen. Yeah. Okay. I would, uh, um, I would say that, um, uh, I would probably reserve ashwagandha only if we had need for ashwagandha. Uh, and probably with an eight-year-old, there, there's a large possibility that's not necessary unless we have a need for emotional support there. The super greens is absolutely a no-brainer. I would absolutely do that with an eight-year-old. As a matter of fact, I don't know that there's a better supplement on the planet for an eight-year-old than the super greens. And then um, I, I probably would do the collagen uh, like, uh, weekly with my eight-year-old and not daily and, uh, give them, uh, matter of fact, some of the, uh, background there that let's, let's ask that collagen question to Dr. Jordan. We get him yeah. next week. Super yeah, greens, right. absolutely. Ashwagandha, if needed, probably a little collagen because we got a growing body there, but the uh, dosage for an eight-year-old would probably not be what the dosage would be for a 20-year-old. So I would say one or two days a week for the collagen. All right, last question. Here you go, Tim. My mom has type 2, two, type two diabetes and GERD, resulting mm -hmm. in some stomach pain. Mm -hmm. She's afraid to do berberine because she already takes insulin for her diabetes. Mm -hmm. Any suggestions on how I can help her? Thank you. Okay, great question. So uh, let's start where we're comfortable and let's use our tools and let's get some better before we get the rest better. And so what I would say was, is let's, let's, let's focus on the GERD. So uh, when we have, uh, one of the things that we look at 
is pe people don't realize that lots of foods break down into sugar, including protein. And most of the time, what GERD is, is not enough digestive acids to break down protein. So when you break down protein, we have something called gluconeogenesis. So protein gets converted to sugar through gluconeogenesis. And, and it, but your body takes much more energy to do that. So you burn a lot more calories when you convert protein than if you just do straight sugar. So I would say do this. Let's get, let's go back. Let's watch the heartburn, God heartburn podcast that we did. Let's fix it with the, uh, with the deglycerized licorice root. Let's fix it with, um, with our digestive enzymes that help break down animal protein. And then let's go on a really high, 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 high protein diet. Once we build up and get on those uh, uh, betaine hydrochloride tablets and let's digest that meat fantastically with no GERD. And then we'll see if that sugar start to come down. And then we can look at some berberine and some, uh, I, use, I use a lot of chromium and glucose tolerance factor as well for that. And uh, I, think, I think everybody, matter of fact, I get asked a couple times a year, they'll say, hey, Dr. Tim, I, I noticed what you were ordered for dinner. Are you a diabetic? And I say, no, 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 I'm, I'm not a diabetic. I eat like a diabetic so that I never am. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, we had lunch the other day together. What did I have? Um, a salad. And, yeah. salad. <laughs> so, and I had some fish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're one minute over. The links are all on the webinar chat uh, on my right of the screen. This call will be posted tomorrow on YouTube at Dr. Alexander Lloyd. Uh, and all the links are active. Everything we've offered up until now is still available. Uh, hope you guys have an awesome week. Dr. Tim, last words. Yeah, last words is uh, to all our dads out there. Have a wonderful, happy Father's Day. And uh, I, I, got, I got two things I want to say about that. Uh, 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 make sure that your family is well-rested on Saturday so that you can be properly adored on Sunday. <laughs> And then, Alex, I would say that me and you are both in this group. We're not average dads. We're, we're not even above average dads. We're rock star dads. But I would say this full transparency on Father's Day weekend, it is so much easier to be a dad than it is to be a mom. So uh, kudos yeah. to all you moms out there. And uh, uh, you guys have a much bigger Mother's Day. We're only going to get, let's be honest, 90 minutes of adoration. So give us our due on Sunday and uh, look forward to seeing you guys next week. We're going to have a true, true expert and super good guy on next Thursday's Got Pain with Dr. Jordan Rubin. So that one is a bring a friend. And you're yeah. going to meet one of the most sincere, earnest, brilliant, good guys uh, in, in the, in the uh, real health business. So, And by the way, we're going to ask him questions, but we're going to open it up just like we do always. And you can ask Dr. Rubin questions as well. After I get to ask my first 30, right? That's right. Yeah, and, yeah, maybe, okay. and then me another 10 or so. All <laughs> okay. Right. Happy All right, Father's guys, have Day. a happy Father's Day. Thank you for Thank being you. here. Thank Alex, love you, and I'll see you next week. Thank you, Tim. Bye. Love you, everybody. Have a great evening. Good see night. You.